I'm definitely blessed to have a success story, but I also recognize that is not the reality for all or most people in my position. So to people who are in the foster system and that may be older, really surround yourself with people that will bring you joy and love and support in any shape that is healthy for your environment. Just to have a sense of security and hope and kind of future thinking opportunities for young men and women that are getting older and getting ready for adulthood and college and housing. And so I think it's really crucial to have those loving, grounded, healthy, positive lights in your life that can really lift you up. I've had that and I just do nothing but be grateful and proud of who I am and the relationships that I have with my family, all positive, all all loving, and I couldn't be more fortunate. By the way, did you know about at-risk youth? Welcome back to, by the way, did you know, this week I have two guests with us live in studio today, and we're talking about an issue which is foster care, and it's something we don't hear a lot about, but I think affects more people than we think in Pennsylvania, and we have two unique guests today, uh, one individual who's been through the the foster program and one who operates a, a home that helps foster children. So we have kind of two interesting perspectives today. So with me today, I have Allie Moyer and Amy Marino. So I'm going to have you ladies introduce yourselves first. So Allie, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and, and, and tell us a little bit about you. Yes, my name is Alexandra Moyer, but you guys can certainly call me Allie. I currently work in integrated marketing at a engineering and manufacturing company close by called Phoenix Contact. So all things marketing and communications, that is me. That is my world. And currently, I'm a soon-to-be author of a children's book, which is my autobiography called Alexandra's Adoption Announcement. I'm very excited and proud of this work reading levels first through third grade, so it's perfect for me. (laughs) And um, I'm excited to talk about the book and my journey, my adoption journey more so today. Yeah, and we'll get into that a little bit later. So Amy, why don't you tell us about yourself? So I'm Amy Marino, and I'm the executive director and the founder of Bethany House, which is a home for foster children who are aging out of the foster care system. It is specific to young ladies, and we currently have four young ladies who are living in the home. And it's kind of birthed out of a a personal experience with me. I adopted a young lady who was aging out of foster care. Actually, she was in foster care, had a failed adoption, and put back into the foster care system. And so after that experience, it caused me to wonder, how many more young ladies there were that needed just love and support. Sure. So my first year in office, I served on the Children Youth Committee, and I recall we had a hearing. One of my first hearings, legislative hearings, was on this particular issue where we brought in some folks to talk about their story where they were had aged out of the uh, out of the program out of the foster program and didn't have a placement didn't have a permanency plan that really had a place for them to go that kind of stuck with me as an area again this job sometimes you learn things that you don't realize is a problem in our society and and you folks have experienced it or or help folks dealing with with those issues and this was three years ago or almost four years ago now and and here now we have a piece of a piece of legislation which is trying to address the issue so amy since you you work with young ladies that are in this situation Explain some of the challenges that these young folks are dealing with when they turn 18 and don't really have anywhere to go. Yeah, so 50% of them end up homeless immediately. Uh, The statistics are just startling. Uh, 70% of young ladies are pregnant by the age of 21. 81% of young men are incarcerated. And so it is a 
It is a very challenging time in their life. It's a challenging time for any 18-year-old. You know, I know I've, I have three daughters of my own, and having the family support and being able to help us to walk them through if it's college or career choices or just that emerging adulthood time in their life is just so essential. And if you're 18 and you're a foster family, you know, you choose to age out, you choose to leave the foster process, if you will, you're kind of left to your own devices and what and what you know and it's just a scary time and and so yeah so I came to recognize that there was a need for just support just somebody who can be like a life coach to these young ladies and provide them with things that they wouldn't have otherwise so house bill 1866 which was introduced by Karen Boback, who was the chairwoman of Children and Youth, now is the chairwoman of Veterans Affairs. She introduced this bill again this session, and it's moved through the Children and Youth Committee. It's passed out of committee. But it looks to address the issue, as, as, as Amy was talking about, is when folks age out of the foster care program and try to put some uniformity in the law and require counties that oversee this and the agencies that oversee this to try to identify some issues that when someone turns 18, they have a plan and, and, and start having those conversations when they turn 14 so that you have four years to have a plan, whether it's identifying family members or other uh, next of kin or, or, or folks to, to, to plan employment or graduation plans, all these different things so that we're having these conversations four years before they're out of the plan. The bill also tries to deal with the term another plan living arrangement uh, and right now, th- that determination has to be made when they're 16 years old. We're backing that up now until they're 18 years old to, so that, again, it's giving more time to help these individuals find a place a place or a plan after they turn 18 whenever they age out of the foster program. So Pennsylvania has a lot to do when it comes to helping foster kids when they age out of the program. I think this is a step moving in the right direction. So, Allie, you've been in the foster program. You want to tell us your story? Yeah. So, you know, when I was five days old is when I was immediately placed in foster care soon after I was born. My biological mother was uh, incarcerated at the time for drug-related charges. So I was born in jail, you know, in Philadelphia. And, you know, while I was at the hospital, that's where my now mom, when I say mom, I referred to the people who adopted me. We met when I was five days old. And luckily for me, I was placed with the same family ever since that time. But I was considered a foster child for six years. It took six years for them to adopt me. And they wanted to adopt me sooner, my parents, but they weren't able to because the biological family, biological mother was like, no, I want her to stay in foster care maybe to have a sense of control, I'm not quite sure, but the process was agonizing. It was a very, very long process. And I even say throughout my book about how I would be nervous or scared because of the fear of having to leave my family, to have to go from home to home and not quite sure when or where or why. I didn't understand that and that manifested into being nightmares when I was growing up until you know, the time came when we could finally get the adoption process started. And it was then where I physically was able to have the sigh of relief. And it's been a happy, joyous occasion ever since. It's great to hear, you know, a success story as, a, as it pertains to, to this. And, and, yeah. and adoption is a great thing for, for, for folks. But I think you highlighted the, the perfect example of it took six years to even get out of the foster program. So if you get in the foster program later and you're life and it's not it from birth 
I can imagine it's a pretty daunting task, right? Right. They told my parents that the biological family has priority or precedence. So if any you know, biological family member wanted to take me in, whether it be an aunt or a cousin, they get, they get first dibs. So we never really knew anytime if I could be just taken away and that would be the end of that luckily you know my mom was um, a nurse for over 40 years in her career and I was placed with the Moyer family because of her background in nursing and healthcare and things like that because I was considered an at-risk infant you know born in inner city Philadelphia uh, drug-induced in vitro my foster parents took care of several young at-risk infants and younger youth you know, years before I came, I was the last foster child that they had. And lucky for me, the la- the only <laughs> one that they were adopted. Yeah. And it's it's a it's a real challenge, I, I, I would imagine, for foster parents to to realize that, you know, they want to adopt or they want they want to help these children. It's a, it's it's an amazing thing. Things like Amy does as well as is helping these folks. Fine. Probably, Amy, you would agree the most challenging thing if you age out of the foster program is housing, right? I mean, that's that immediately goes away, you know, for all intents and purposes, and they become homeless overnight. So, I mean, that's got to be the biggest challenge, right? Absolutely. It absolutely is. And hearing um, the girls' stories of where they've been and just the, they already have trauma, but then you add that the reality of what homelessness and all of the challenges associated with that on top of that trauma till they come in till we find them and they come to Bethany House you know we just give them a chance to heal and to rest until they're ready to begin looking and deciding like what goals can I have for my future because for all of their life while they're in foster care the girls that I'm working with they bounced so they didn't have a home that they were with forever they bounced one young lady was in 24 foster homes from the age of 11 to 18 and so you can only imagine the depth of the trauma that she has experienced and so for her just bringing her in and just helping to build trust that you can trust us and this is a safe place and we just want you to be and then as they feel safe then we're able to help them to dream and that's the beautiful the beautiful piece that comes with it is once they are settled in and they build that trust and they feel safe, then they can begin to dream about their future. So a bill like this, so House Bill 1866, which really requires the county to, to and the folks that are involved in the foster program to really be perspective and think about, okay, how are we going to help these children when they become 18? How is that going to be helpful for the girls that you're dealing with right now that, unfortunately, this bill isn't in place, they, don't, they didn't have a plan? How is this bill going to be helpful? So what I'm finding and talking with our girls is that they don't have a lot of knowledge. There's not a lot of communication between a caseworker and the child as to what their options are. And when they come to us and we're able to say, you know, because they can be part of the aftercare program, and we're able to communicate with them what services they qualify for, it opens their eyes. Now, part of that might be, you know, when you're 14 and 16 years old, you're still developing, and, and maybe you're not at a point where you completely understand what life is going to be like post 18. And so part of it might just be that that lack of knowledge and lack of experience. But then they they turn 18 and here they are facing all of these real adult scenarios and they're trying to maneuver through those. So as far as the bill, it looks good in theory, practically, how is this played out? Because my experience has been they see a caseworker once a month 
And the kind of work that this involves is a lot more intensive than just a once a month visit. Uh, we have these girls, you know, they come into our home and I am seeing them on a daily basis. And in order for them to be successful and to really feel supported, they need somebody who's more constant in their life. And I think that's where agencies like ourselves, you know, that we can come in and partner with caseworkers in the counties to say, hey, utilize us. It opens up a number of doors to other challenges like funding. Sure. You know, how do we pay our staff? Because right now we are all completely uh, private funded. And so we don't receive any money from the county, but we provide our services. We even opened a resource center so that if there are kids who maybe housing isn't the piece that they need, but they need the other supportive services, we're willing to do that. But we're having a hard time getting the county. We've sat down with them and they love our model. They love our program but maybe it's just because it's so new, I'm not sure. We're having a hard time getting the kids at least to the resource center. We've had no problem with our waiting list with Bethany House, with the residential piece. Sure, and I think it's an education. I mean, I think I, I find with my job, part of my, the biggest role in my job is educating people about issues they don't know about. And, and, and my guess is that county officials or the folks that, that general public don't really understand this as, a, as, a, as an issue or something that we need to take serious because you already alluded to it, you know, these young women are getting pregnant really early and don't have the support there or, or young men are, are, are highly likely to be incarcerated and, and that has a toll on our society as well and not realizing that impact is really, really, really important if we put the investment in early then you know they can be tax-paying citizens and 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 get, get great jobs like Allie has and so Allie you you obviously are, are a success story you've you're a wonderful young woman you have a great job you have a future you know what would your advice be to a, a young girl at Amy's place to to that there is there is there's light at the end of the tunnel education was absolutely adamant in my household and getting a good education, having those foundational study roots and being able to be successful academically and just in everyday life. I, I knew I was going to Penn State University around age 11. I knew that getting a college education and being able to pay for it was was key. I tried to hang out with the the smart kids in a sense like that and just surround myself with people who were successful so I had positive examples and even just when it comes to identity knowing you know, in a sense of the best I could I don't really know much about myself biologically but where do I come from acknowledging you know my african-american heritage but my mom is also part native american so we celebrate that my dad is white there's just a lot of aspects when it comes to education and adversities that you go through growing up besides just race or my gender. It could look like being a first generation college grad. There's a lot of different adversities to overcome. And then of course, when you get the diploma and then on top my master's, it's a really successful journey to accomplish and acknowledge. You know, you have the other side of it where these kids are bouncing from home to home and unfortunately education um, takes a back seat because they're just surviving. And even for the children, like the young lady that we adopted, um, when she was in second and third grade is when the system became aware of her and her needs. And um, she was in a situation where her basic needs were not being met. So when they're introducing math facts and multiplica multiplication, she's not at a frame of mind to even care about these, these very important fundamental um, academic uh, standards, you know? And so for her, you know, when you get behind in second or third grade, 
forget it. <laughs> you know, it just spirals um, from that point on. And I'm finding that. Like, two of our young ladies came to us. They were 20 years of age when they came, and they had not finished high school. So thankfully, we, our local school district, they rolled out the red carpet for our young ladies, and we were able to help them to graduate and say, it's never too late. And because they weren't quite 21 yet, they were able to. So actually, we have one young lady who will wa- be walking at her graduation in June, on June 3rd, and she will turn 21 on June 29th. And so those are those are victories, you know. And sometimes we deal with that realization that they struggle with as they look at their peers and say, but all my peers, you know, they're graduating from college, and here I am, I just finished high school. There's no timeline. You know, we are celebrating you for where you are at, at this stage of life. You know, they haven't had the challenges you have. So you can do this and just then talking about okay you got your high school diploma what does it look like what are your dreams for the future Um, is college in your future and then having that conversation as well and thank god for people like amy too that do this that that hopefully can be that positive light in these young women's lives and 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 your family for doing what they did and and provide the, the success story you have yes absolutely well i want to thank you ladies for being here and sharing your your different unique stories and and Alex for, for coming and, and sharing your success story and, and, and your new book and hopefully it does well. I have it in front of me, it looks it's pretty awesome and, and tells your story and hopefully it gives encouragement to, to people. And, and Amy, for what you do in our community and, and the community that I represent and, and thanks for the Bethany House for, for trying to be the light in these, in these young ladies' life. And congratulations to you for being recognized by uh, ABC 27's Woman of the Year well deserved and thanks ladies for being here I really appreciate you taking the time and, and shedding light on an issue that we might not know about and again that's the point of this podcast is to highlight these types of things in our communities that the folks need to be concerned about because it makes it does impact our daily lives if you guys would like to learn more about my upcoming children's autobiography book, you can find it on alexandramoyer.com. That's A-L-I-X-A-N-D-R-A-M-O-Y-E-R.com to learn more about my autobiography. And Amy, do you want to tell us about uh, where we can find more about Bethany House? Absolutely. So uh, you can go to our website, which is www.bethany.house. Um, you can also find us on Facebook. This has been, by the way, Did You Know? Tune in for all of my podcasts at repecker.com slash my podcasts.